I couldn't do anything but walk from one room to another, so just carrying the baby about the house from room to room to room. I just thought everybody else was doing so well and I was just this monster that shouldn't have had a child because everything I touched turned into a disaster. I would envisage every terrible thing that could possibly happen. It's really hard to know where being a new mum ends and having a significant issue begins. You assume that you're never going to have that bond. You assume that you're never going to feel like the other mums. But actually, things do change. You really will come through it. You really will yeah. get to that point where you come out the other end. You have come such a long way, and so have I. Hi, welcome to the Yumi and PND podcast with me, Rian Hall. In this episode, I'm joined by a wonderful, wonderful friend, April. I met April at a postnatal depression charity called Bluebell a few years ago. April has a gorgeous daughter and she shares her story of her struggle with postnatal depression and perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder with us. Lots of stuff was going on for April around the time she had a baby she had a difficult and very painful labour where her baby got stuck, which was very traumatic. Her landlord gave her notice to leave her home by text the day she gave birth. So she needed to find a new home quickly with a new baby. And she'd also had some workplace bullying issues just before she'd had a daughter too, which really affected her well-being. So unfortunately, this was a bit like a perfect storm leading to her having postnatal depression and PTSD. And another layer to this is that April has a bipolar diagnosis. So that added some additional complexity too in terms of um, understanding and managing what she was going through. April opens up so eloquently about all of this in our chat and she talks about what helped her come through this really, really difficult time. She's fully recovered. She has a wonderful, wonderful relationship with her daughter now and she's doing so well in her life and is now studying psychology full time which she is absolutely loving. I think this will give anyone struggling a lot of hope that recovery will happen with support and you really can thrive after PND, just like April is. I hope you enjoy it. So April, thank you so much for doing this. This is so, so amazing. It's an absolute pleasure. Just tell us a little bit about your experience and give us a, an idea of your story and what postnatal depression and perinatal PTSD meant for you. Yeah, so um, I so I, th I think it's relevant that I um, had my daughter a little bit later. So I was 42 when I gave birth. Um, I had an existing diagnosis of bipolar beforehand which had been well managed for a while. Um, lots of things happened when I was pregnant and during the birth and after the birth. Um, so job losses, um, both myself and my partner at different times, um, a couple of instances of workplace bullying, some very stressful events kind of culminating in having to move house when she was only six weeks old and then having to move house again in with relatives. Um, 
So my typical style all my life has been to cope very well when I'm in the maelstrom and then fall apart completely afterwards when everything's okay. So I was okay through all of that stuff. Um, but after we'd moved in with relatives, I started to go really downhill, started to experience a lot of depression. I got very depressed to the point that I felt like I didn't want to be alive. Um, lots of regret. I, I thought, first of all, I found the world very threatening and, um, you know, I thought a lot about the future and, and what we were doing with the environment. And I thought I'd made a big mistake. I'd brought a child into this life, which was going to be fraught with a lot of tragedy and difficult experiences. Um, I also thought, felt a lot of regret because I thought I wasn't up to the job. It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but then I, I started to have this huge uh, climb into these terrible anxiety where I had um, debilitating panic attacks. So panic attacks where I couldn't do anything but walk from one room to another, thinking about all the things I needed to do, but not actually being able to do anything because I was in a full-blown panic. Um, so just carrying the baby about the house from room to room to room. And then if we did manage to make it out of the house, I would envisage every terrible thing that could possibly happen. So if I pushed the pushchair into the road, in my imagination, a car would hit the pushchair and I'd see the baby flying across the road, that kind of thing. And that's horrible. You know, that's that's impacts you heavily anyway. But this was happening like 40 times a day. So you're constantly living in fear all of the time. You know, along with all the other things that new parents experience, the, like the long nights, leaning over the cot, checking the breathing every five minutes. I'm sure mm. that even people that don't have these symptoms go through that. Um, yeah, and just really kind of thinking that I was a terrible person, thinking that I might do some terrible things, thinking that it might harm my baby in different ways. Um, yeah, all of those things were very disturbing. So when did you first notice the symptoms and when did you start thinking, oh, I, I just don't think this is typical? As I said, I, I coped really well when things were um, happening and things were very traumatic to the, to the point that, you know, friends and other people said to me, how are you? You know, you seem very calm. You've got all this stuff going on. How are you coping with the baby? And I was fine. I had a bit of a wobble um, because she couldn't digest a milk protein and we had to figure all of that stuff out and get her onto some goat's milk formula. But generally I was okay until we'd sorted out our housing issues, moved in with relatives and got onto a relatively even keel. That's when I really started to go downhill. Um, and I guess it kind of creeps up on you. So you start to have problems and it's really hard to know where being a new mum ends and having a significant issue begins until mm. you get to the point where it's so bad that it's obvious. And by that point, you realise that you haven't been okay for a while. I think that is so, so perfectly said. Like, when is this new mum general anxiety, you just unsure what's going on and when is this something more significant when is this like a clinical anxiety or a clinical depression and it, like you said you've not been in that experience before so you don't know is this typical is everybody else feeling like this I think for me I just thought 
everybody else was doing so well and I was just this monster that shouldn't have had a child because everything I touched turned into a disaster. That's how I perceived it. Like, couldn't Yeah. breastfeed, ended up going back into hospital with her being dehydrated. I couldn't have the birth I wanted. I just thought, oh my gosh, I should never have had a baby. Yeah, exactly that. I and I'd always I've always suffered with a bit of imposter syndrome at work. And this was like imposter syndrome, but under a microscope, you know, this is this is the biggest job you've ever had. And you are definitely not good enough to do it. So it's only a matter of time before it all goes wrong. I think what kind of made it worse was then when I started reaching out to services to get more support, the typical question they ask you when they first see you is what's been going on. And I would then, of course, say, oh, well, I've had this baby and, you know, I lost this job and then my partner's job ended really suddenly and we had to move house and I'd roll out all of these circumstantial things that had happened and I kept having conversations where people would say well that these are the kind of things that people have to deal with this is normal like, you know you just had a new baby that's why you're feeling um finding it hard to cope with these things and it wasn't until I kind of, the penny dropped at what some point and I said yes but I feel suicidal, I, you know, I don't feel like I want to live, I'm having these symptoms uh, and I, you know, went into all the kind of horrors that I was having about my baby being harmed or that I might harm my baby and that's when I really got some help but that process took a lot longer than it needed to I think. Which is so sad because in the meantime you're getting worse and worse and you don't have help and a similar Yeah. thing happened to me I went to my doctor 10 days postnatal and I said I just knew it was an instinct I, I said I've got postnatal depression and then I explained stuff that happened with me so I'd had this ECV procedure where they turned Annabelle um, I'd had an emergency cesarean then we'd gone back into hospital with dehydration and we didn't have family near us. And the doctor said at 10 days, you're having a moderate stress, you know, you're having a moderate stress reaction to a series of events in your life, which is totally normal. And I said, but I am starting to think about not wanting to be here. And even then he said, you know, you've just had a load of traumatic incidences happen in a short space of time. You just need some family support and sent me on my way. And it wasn't until six weeks checkup that I then had it, confirmed that I had postnatal depression and in that four-week period I was going downhill so quickly uh, so it's such a shame that that seems to be happening to people it seems that you have to like it's almost like to do with your own instinct isn't it we've talked before about can we trust our own instincts when it comes to like medical inverted commas experts and when do we push with our instincts and when do we listen to what the experts Yeah. know What did you feel when you got that response which said, oh, you know, you're just, you're going through a load of really difficult circumstances, no wonder you're feeling awful and you've got a new baby. Did you just kind of go away then and think, oh, yeah, that's, that's it. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not actually ill. I don't have postnatal depression. What was going through your mind? Can you remember? Because the symptoms were so severe, I definitely knew that that wasn't normal and that wasn't right. And I, you hit the nail on the head, I think, when you said trusting your instincts, because I, Because the problem is, I think, well, it is a shame that a lot of people seem to have that experience, but I can also see it the other way. It, you have to be very careful in the medical profession that you don't label someone who actually is feeling 
really normal things that everybody goes through because once they've got that label that can become something in itself it can almost be a self-fulfilling prophecy so I understand that but it's difficult isn't it because that means you have to be really dogmatic and really tenacious when at a time when you just don't feel like that at a time when you just want someone to reach out a hand and pull you out of the abyss mm. you have to be the one that's the problem you have to be the one saying actually something's not right I think I very much had to drive getting support and when you haven't got any energy and you mm. you're not motivated at all and you feel like you're not worth the support it's really really hard but you do have to in my experience anyway I had to really drive to get services um, Definitely. and it's not as proactive as I would hope it it would be that like the, the whole perinatal system at the moment just doesn't seem to be certainly in my area there wasn't any perinatal services at all when I was going through this which was why I couldn't really get any support there they've now set up a perinatal service um, but it should you know it shouldn't be a case where you go to a, a doctor and you tell them that you think you're you're struggling with depression and you're having thoughts about not being here and that you get turned not turned away but you know you don't have that taken seriously that shouldn't be happening yeah I, I agree with that and I it makes me wonder how many people don't get help and how many people just cope somehow until mm. you know time is a great healer it's true what they say it doesn't heal every problem but I think there must be a lot of women out there who've had a terrible time after pregnancy and then have kind of slowly got better eventually on their own but that's a lot of suffering and there's a lot of people that don't report postnatal depression so the the figures might say 10 to 15 percent of women um, have postnatal depression but in fact the picture is probably a lot higher than that because it's often mm. it's seen as something shameful or people maybe are in a bit of denial or they don't want to accept that they have that and yeah. I think with me because it was so severe there was no denying it and everybody around me knew I had it but that meant that I was going to get support and yes time time does does help people but people who aren't getting help as early as possible are suffering unnecessarily like you said mm. so I, I think sometimes it's it's so hard to face up to feeling dreadful and to admit that you're facing depression or anxiety but actually once you do face up to that and you can accept that you can plug into services more quickly and you can get more timely yeah. support so tell us what happened after that so you'd been to your doctor and you'd said this is how you're feeling and your doctor was kind of saying, well, you, you're going through a lot. You've had a lot of circumstances happening in your life. Where did you go from there? Well, what made it a little bit more difficult, I think, was the fact that I already had this bipolar diagnosis. And um, that can often be linked with postnatal depression. So initially, the feeling was that I was just having exacerbated bipolar symptoms. Um, but my GP did start talking about postnatal depression quite early on. Um, so I was sent for six weeks of CBT, mm. um, which I've done CBT in the past and found it very useful. It's very useful, helpful with the um, bipolar. 
But after the six weeks, um, they kind of do a bit of an assessment and you both have a chat about whether you think it's been working. And we came to the conclusion that I was completely overwhelmed and not in a place where I could actually deploy these strategies. And her recommendation was that I have counselling. I had, I think it was more than 12, but about 12 counselling sessions which did nothing at all. I just felt worse at the end of them. And it was shortly after that, I was at Bluebell that you mentioned earlier, and I saw a poster on the wall talking about perinatal PTSD. And I, my jaw hit the deck because every symptom checked, you know, and I'd never heard of it before. And I thought it was so ridiculous. I felt so daft saying to anyone, I've got a form of PTSD because that's what happens people who've been off to terrible war zones and had these extreme things happen to them. Not, not me, who's just had a baby, which everybody seems to be able to do quite happily without having these problems. So that was um, an eye-opener and a bit intimidating. But I spoke about it with my doctor and she immediately said, oh, well, that's why the counselling didn't work because counselling does nothing for PTSD when you're in the thick of it. Mm. Um, you know you just can't make use of it at the time so by this time we were moving again we moved to a different area so it was another chip I think this is something that often compounds problems as well when you're not looked after by the same team or person consistently you can often fall between the gaps um, so by the time I'd kind of really got hooked up with the right people after we moved my PTSD had kind of reduced a lot over time so then I was able to access some counselling and that this time it really helped because I was kind of then addressing the PND rather than trying to deal with PTSD on top of it so that was really helpful. Did you have treatment for the PTSD? No. I've never had PTSD treatment at all. Yeah it's really it is really difficult to treat people who are very traumatised. One of the things that is very beneficial for people sort of suffering from trauma is like kind of group therapy or group support because you can feel really really isolated and you can Mm. feel that you're living your life so differently to other people because you get physiological symptoms from PTSD Mm. as well so you might be getting flashbacks you might be like reliving events, avoiding going to certain places, maybe avoiding going to hospitals if you had a traumatic birth or if you see a baby that might kind of re-trigger events in your mind, you might then have your heart racing, hands sweating, feel dizzy. Like There's all kinds of physiological stuff that comes with that. Um, and it just you can just feel, if you don't know what it is, I can imagine... Because I, I think I had some of that as well, but I was aware of it. But if I if I hadn't been knowledgeable about that, I think I would have been really afraid and thinking like, oh my gosh, am I mm. like having a heart attack? Or am I, why is my yeah. body doing all this stuff? But you just ended up every single day soldiering on through that period, did you? Yeah, so how I really felt about it when I was in the thick of the symptoms was that I just felt like I'd lost all my uh, uh, wits isn't a very good word because I don't mean my intelligence I mean my basic ability to to just function I felt like that had just gone out flown out the window so um, you know I was having real problems concentrating even and holding a train of thought because I was just panicking all the time and you know that takes away your cognitive abilities really so yeah I just I just literally just had to soldier on 
Um, and over time, the symptoms just just gradually reduced. Mm. So were you going to you Bluebell? Know, was that the only source of, source of support for yeah. you then? So you tried a bit of yeah, counselling was... and then you were going to Bluebell, which is an amazing charity in Bristol that helps. Actually, they've got other other little places popping up around and about the place. But that was what a weekly thing for you. Did you go there every week and speak to other mums? Yeah, it was like a little oasis, mm. you know, and I, and I always felt calm when I was there. And it was the one time that, you know, someone else would have my baby and I could trust that she was being well looked after because I didn't trust anyone around me. I thought that the minute they had her, that something would happen to her. She'd hurt herself. I'd get a mm. phone call or I'd hear a scream. It was such a nurturing place. I remember when I went there, I was in a mother and baby unit and I walked in and just said, I haven't signed up for this. I Can I come in? And they were so lovely. I just remember somebody saying to me, I sit down would you like a cup of tea? And they said, oh, look, we've got a crash here. You don't have to put your baby in the crash, but if you want to, you can. So I was like, yes, please. And then Annabelle went in the crash and they were lovely with her. And I sat there with other mums and a cup of tea and a biscuit. And it was so amazingly liberating to be able to be honest with people. There's no mm. pretense. You can say, I'm really struggling with this. I'm not enjoying this. I keep thinking these horrible thoughts or I'm just crying all the time. I don't like motherhood. Is this what it's supposed to feel like? And you are surrounded by people that completely get you. Yeah. That just made me feel like I, I wasn't alone. That was the overriding thing that I found at Bluebell. So much of the time when I was able to share those thoughts and say, oh, I've been thinking this all week and I get it off my chest, they'd receive that. There would be no judgment. Nobody would go, oh, you're disgusting. You're a monster. And the shame around that thought or feeling just completely dissipated because there was so much empathy in the room when you say it. And it yeah. was really freeing. Yeah. And that's what Bluebell was like for me. It was just amazing. Definitely. They just had all the right elements, I think. The, so tea, cake and chat. Mm. <laughs> I've seen you with your daughter. She's amazing. You've got an amazing bond and you've got such a lovely relationship. And from my perspective looking in, I just think you guys have got such a gorgeous relationship. And it's so lovely to see that because I didn't see you in the midst of your really horrible struggles with like PTSD, mm. but I can see you've got such a, such a great relationship now. And it's, that is really going to give a lot of hope to people listening who are going through a difficult time. Some people don't connect with their babies at all and feel there is no attachment and there is no bond. And I've met loads of women who've had PND or anxiety and PTSD and they're convinced there's never going to be a bond and there will be a bond in the future eventually yeah. these people have amazing relationships and they often have very empathetic relationships even more empathetic than they might have otherwise had had they not been ill it's difficult isn't it because there's so much discussion about mindfulness at the moment and so much of that is, is focused on living in the here and now it's all about the present moment but actually when you're a new mum you really need to hold on to the fact that things change and that is something you learn like every mum goes through this feeling of oh 
I can't cope with having to change nappies five times a day for the rest of my life. And you don't say for the rest of my life, but in your emotions, that's how, that's what it feels like. Mm. This is going to happen. This is going to be forever. And what you learn very quickly when you become a mum over the, you know, over, over the months as they unfold is that things do change and it might be a different problem a bit further down the line, but it's not always going to be five nappies a day. And I think with this, you assume that you're never going to have that bond. You assume that you're never going to feel like a, a real mum, like the other mums. And you assume that it's always going to be this difficult, but actually things do change whether you get, you know, whether whether you've got um, postnatal depression or not, things do change, and your feelings about your child is one of those things that will change. Absolutely, and I I think that when you've had a baby for the first time, you just have no experience of this is going to get better, this is going to improve. You have no perspective because you've never done it before. And that's particularly what happens when you have depression. You just can't see any future light. It's all mm. darkness and you think this is going to be darkness forever. Because I was like just constantly going down this dark tunnel going, this is the worst thing ever. This is awful. I'm never going to enjoy life again. I'm never going to have a bond. And you really, you really will come through it. You really will yeah. get to that point where you come out of the other end. But I think what is really important sometimes is to acknowledge how far you've come. Mm. because yeah. you have come such a long way and so have I and sometimes it's quite good to just take stock of that and for people listening to know they will be in that position at some point mm. and all you want to do is speed up time and get there and I wish I could do that for people so that they're not suffering through it but they will get there they will get yeah. there you have to go through it. You you have to just go straight through the nose. And actually, that's what teaches you valuable lessons at the end. And that that's how you process it, isn't it? You can't go around mm. it. You can't go over it. You've just got to go through the pain and the darkness. But you will come out yeah. of it. Yeah. That's the truth. So final question, April, what would you say to other people who are experiencing PND or anxiety or PTSD, having been through what you've been through, what message would you want to give to them? So it's very easy and common to think of this as being a very negative experience. Um, that that seems to be kind of the world view around you and it's definitely how I, I felt about it myself. Um, but I remember years ago reading a story about this tribe somewhere or other um, where anyone who had a mental breakdown was kind of carted off to the caves by the elders and nurtured uh, back to health and then brought back to the village as one of the wise elders themselves and you could only reach that elevated position if you'd had that experience and before this happened you know I was I didn't really know what I wanted I didn't have my own agenda I was happy in my job but not in the career that I'd chosen and now having gone through all this I've learned so much about myself understood a whole lot more about why I 
act and behave the way I do and, and why I respond to things in the way I do. And now I, I know where I'm going. I know what I want to do. I know what makes me happy. And that's the most important thing. I know what makes me happy and I know how to put that into my life. And so I realised that it's very hard to look at it like that when you're in the middle of it. Um, you don't have that end perspective. But I just kind of wish there was more of a, a general view that people in this situation are growing rather than failing, because that would actually be a lot more supportive. Mm, that is so true. That is, that's the way to, that it is. It's growing, not failing. So anybody out there that feels that they're struggling, they're a failure, they have done something wrong, they deserve this, that isn't the case. It's something that somebody is going through, they don't choose that, but they will will get through it and they will grow from it. And you have and I have as well. Thank you so much, April, for being with us. Thank you so, so much. It was lovely and speaking you. to you. Take yeah, care. Yeah, it's been really nice. Bye. Bye.